the, the battles that we have today, we're going to see the children of Israel had the same battles. But this series is going to center on things that God expects us to do ourselves, not what God desires to do for us. What do I mean? Throughout Scripture, the Lord has always expected his people to participate in their own deliverance. You'll hear me by driving their enemies out on the land that he had given them. You remember the children of Israel? He had given them the land. But they stayed out in the desert for years while their land was possessed, being possessed by the enemy. But it had been given to them. But they had to go take it. Right? (laughs) Come on. The Old Testament is full of accounts of where the Lord sends his people into battle against their enemies. And they have victories that the Lord has provided, provided when they fought... In his name. We have a battle and we are able to fight in his name. The battles that we that I come out and pray with you for, we fight in the name of Jesus. There there is some substance to that. Amen. We must never go to battle without the Lord. Nor can we expect the Lord to go to battle without us. Many times we wait for God to do something about our enemies while he's waiting for us to do something about them. Same thing with praying in tongues. We've been saying it so many times we wait for God to do something when you've got to do the speaking. These enemies have taken our nation and God's waiting for us to take authority and wipe them out. But we're waiting for a lightning bolt for some wind to blow and God just blow them away. No. David had to go pick up the stones and throw them. Goliath's head didn't just mysteriously fall off. It had to be cut off by God's man. We must drive these forces that are against us out in his name. One reason that we don't properly attack the enemies is our tendency to see or think that these enemies that we are fighting are flesh and blood. So many times we think that these enemies are criminals, homosexuals, drug addicts, liberals, conservatives, our boss, our spouse, or the denomination down the street. The truth is in Ephesians 6, 12, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Another hindrance to us winning this war is that even when we identify the enemy as spiritual, we tend to externalize the war. What do I mean? That we try to use spiritual warfare to rid the earth and the heavenlies of principalities Believing that this is the way to bring the kingdom of God. But look what Jesus said in Luke 17 verse 20. The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say. Lo here or lo there for behold the kingdom of God. What? Is within you. The kingdom of God is within us. I rarely preach from the King James. But I'll be preaching through the King James. 
I will be preaching the King James through this series. Amen. <laughs> oh, Ben said, Amen thee. <laughs> Amen. <-eth. laughs> Before we can ever drive the enemies of God out of this nation, we have to first drive them out of our lives. Amen. We must be willing to internalize this war. We want to sit here and point fingers. But the war is within us. Every time you see strife in the family of God, it normally can be traced to someone who has lost the focus of this war. They think that the root of the problem lies within someone else. However, some brother or sister becomes obsessed with the problems that others have and lose sight in the fact that the enemy is within them. My wife is not the problem. The congregation is not my problem. The president is not my problem. The deacons of this church are not my problem. My, the enemy that I'm dealing with is within me. These are the enemies that I am commanded and have authority to drive out. Unfortunately, tonight, I'm not going to get into any of the enemies. But I'm telling you, every one of them, at least one of them, and I would say multiples of these enemies are, are eating you up. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, let the cat out of the bag too early, but hang in there with me. So many times Christians use all their energy to try to attack the world system. They give themselves to political and social causes in an, in an attempt to bring the kingdom of God to earth. You know what, if Jesus had desired this kind of war, what would he have done? He would have attacked the Romans in his time. Right? If Jesus had desired this, he would have attacked the Romans. However, others give their lives trying to defeat the Babylonian, the Babylonian system of false religion. Had this been the Lord's emphasis, he would have sent legions of uh, angels to wipe out the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Lord's emphasis has always been to call the people out of the world and then help them drive the world out of their own heart and mind. Similarly, God calls people out of a Babylonian. When I say Babylon or Babylonian, I mean a man-made system of religious traditions that is void of the presence and the power of uh, and the living rule of God. When I say Babylon or Babylonian, that's what I'm talking about. But God calls people out of Babylon and then works with them to drive out their own Babylonian traditions and ideas. The enemy is within. It's important that we let this sink in. And that I don't get too teachy. I, 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 I tend to, I tend to uh, kind of go down this road sometimes. But the manifestation of the kingdom of God is an overthrow of the kingdom of darkness. The manifestation of the kingdom of God is an overthrow of the kingdom of darkness. When we accept, the, when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, 
he begins to overthrow the kingdom of Satan in your life. He begins to overthrow the darkness that you have been dealing with. It's it's an overthrow of wrong thinking by right thinking. It's the removing of the corruptible wrong seed of the enemy and planting the incorruptible seed of God's word. It's an overthrow of wrong concepts, wrong ideas, wrong beliefs, fears, worries, anxieties, corruption, perverseness, uncleanliness, defilement. It's the pulling down of illegal thrones that have gotten set up in your life. And starts to set up the throne of the one who has the right to rule. This is so, this is so big. Um, I, I, again, I read the one-year Bible uh, daily. Today, my reading, my reading has been in Kings. And it's all about this king did right in the Lord's eyes. This king was evil in the Lord's eyes. He was like Jeroboam, or he was like David, did right in God's eyes. But almost always you see, but he didn't tear down the poles that people went and worshipped. Now, one today, I think it was Hezekiah, I can't remember, but it said, he did right in God's eyes, and he tore all the poles down. That, that I believe, is a significant thing that we're about to go through, is we're not just going to deal with the obvious, we're going to go into all the corners of the earth, all the corners of the of our temple that the Lord has filled and get these things tore down. At least identify them. Now, now you have to do the tearing down. But you get those tore down and there's no one else left to worship but God. This overthrow begins to take place at the beginning of Christ's entrance into our life. Look at Ezekiel 21. Thus saith the Lord God, remove the diadem and take off the crown. This shall not be the same. Exalt him that is low and abase him that is high. I will overturn, overturn, overturn it. And it shall be no more until he who come, until he come whose right it is. And I will give it him. Don't let the wording mix you up. We have learned through the years that the Lord is not going to overthrow or overturn the world system out there. He's going to overturn the world system in here. In us. God's attention is not on the overthrow of the Babylonian system out there. The Babylonian system within us. That he that it is the it is that system that he wants to overturn in us. Jesus came to earth 2000 years ago to show us the father. When he did, he did not try to change the political world system. Or the religious Babylonian system, instead, he came to change the people and deliver them from those systems so that they may learn to live successfully in the kingdom of God. While the preaching of the gospel of the church has centered on the performing of good deeds, 
though we take all of our enemies with us when we perform them. We are sitting here and we're going out and trying to do outreach. We're trying to affect our world. We're trying to affect our, our work. We're trying to affect our family. Yet we are carrying these forces with us. I believe that part of the reason of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I'm really surprised. I'm not surprised. I can see where God is going. I don't see how I get there sometimes. But God led us. God led us to the baptism in the Holy Spirit now he's leading us to a full cleansing before we get too far gone in reaching our community. Do you see, do you see that some, some cleaning needs to happen with us? I'm just saying with me. I can see that the reason the Lord is leading us here, he's filled us with his Holy Spirit as a church. And now it's time to get the Azareth poles tore down. And then get out here and be completely effective. Be effective in your life. Be effective in your finances. Be effective in your job. Be effective in reaching the lost. Amen. The preaching of the, of the gospel of the kingdom will set us free from our enemies before we are sent to do anything. It will set us free from our pride, our arrogance, our boastfulness, our love of money. And many other enemies that we're going to discuss in this series. The key to receiving this message is to keep your eyes on the kingdom of God that lies within you. The kingdom of God is here. Because I'm here. Because you're here. The kingdom of God is crashing into this earth because we are being changed. Don't externalize the war and listen to this message and start to find out what's wrong with the president or your pastor. Don't rejoice to nail your spouse's problem. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal your enemies within you. And go with Jesus Christ in delivering your own land from all the giants that dwell there. The Lord has promised us that he is giving us a land that flows with milk and honey. All we've got to do is drive out the inhabitants and boldly possess it. Now, y'all, I know everybody's thinking, what is he talking about? Possess what? You've got to stick in here with me. Let's look at this right here. John, 1 John chapter 3. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. When Jesus walked the earth with his disciples, he constantly dealt with their inability to understand the kingdom of God. Right? He continually gave parables explaining the kingdom of God. And then they would respond, huh? Much like we respond, what? That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Although he had told them that the kingdom, that the kingdom he came to establish was within them. And therefore could not be seen in the natural. They continued to ask God, Jesus, when are you going to establish your natural throne here on the earth? And he kept saying, I'm not, or he didn't say it that clearly. I mean, he did say it clearly, but they didn't get it. 
We are looking for the natural kingdom to be restored. And the Lord is saying, nope, we're restoring it in here. Are, are you all with me? They continue to ask the Lord, when are you going to establish your kingdom? And many are still saying, just like in Acts 1, 6, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? You know, sometimes we get caught waiting for the Lord to return and set up his natural kingdom. They don't realize that he is already establishing, he has already received, we have already received his, his, his kingdom within us, and that we are commanded to occupy that kingdom. The Lord will return one day and establish that throne. My daughter this week asked, uh, Sarah Bed asked, what will we do when we see Jesus coming riding on a horse? I mean, we were just at dinner and it's, I mean, she is a deep thinker. I mean, she just comes out with some of these things. Um, my kids don't know any better to know not to go to a funeral, not to ask questions. They want to see the body. They want to talk about it. They want to find out what's going on. And great. They don't know any better. But she said, what are we going to do? And my response was, I think we're going to cheer. I mean, cheer like nobody's ever heard. Elizabeth said, I think we're going to fall to our knees and worship. You know, it just makes you think. And then uh, uh, Pete said, he'll be riding a donkey. And I'm like, nope. You're, you're right, he did ride a donkey, but a donkey signifies peace. He's not coming back this next time riding a donkey, signifying peace. He's coming back for war. He's coming back for victory. He's coming back riding on a white horse. He's coming back. And he will reign for a thousand years and establish the kingdom, a kingdom that we can see. I'm not going to go into that. We're not going to get into uh, end times. However, when Jesus came, he did not come to restore that natural kingdom. He came to restore us. He came to restore us back to the Father. Amen? We're waiting for the natural kingdom. We don't realize that we've already received his kingdom. But the natural kingdom... The destruction of the devil is yet to come. Yet spoken a parable to his disciples recorded in the book of Luke. <laughs> that many of us don't understand. He taught this particular parable immediately following the establishment of the kingdom in a man called Zacchaeus. The disciples needed instruction because he was nearing Jerusalem. Where he was going to, his time was going to end here on earth. And because they were still looking for Jesus to establish the kingdom... In his lifetime, let's look at verse uh, chapter 19, verse 11. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was not a Jerusalem. And because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Do you catch this? In the natural, they're looking for something in the natural to happen. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said to them, Occupy until I come. In this parable, Jesus is the nobleman who came from a far country to receive the kingdom and then to return to that country. But if you notice, the purpose of the father uh, was for Jesus to receive the kingdom before he returned to heaven. 
occupy till I come. Most don't believe that he had already received his kingdom because they don't understand that the kingdom is within them. Jesus is not going to someday return to receive his kingdom. He's already received the kingdom and it's within us. Now it's up to us, his servants, to occupy that kingdom within us until he returns to establish his external kingdom. It's tough. I believe it's tough because we're about to rip some things up that need to be ripped up. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just stop here. Um, I, I barely feel like I've gotten started. But I encourage you. I believe during this time it's going to be tough to come. I believe that Satan's going to try to keep you away. And I want to encourage you to stay. The things that we're going to be battling are depression, our rejection, our pride, our compromise, arrogance, the spirit of Jezebel. The things that are physically affecting you right now are the things we're going to attack. And along with the names of the enemies that the Israelites fought, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, all the way down the line, have have Hebrew meaning to these words that I've said. And I believe that they still to this day are trying to take ownership of our lives. But the Lord has given us victory over every one of these things that are coming at us. But the problem is we have to attack it. The kingdom of God is here and it is within us. And we have been given the name of Jesus to drive these things out of our lives. You battling depression, we are going to we are going to battle that together and we are going to get through it. Are you battling pride? Are you battling um, compromise? Compromise is a big one. You may not even know it. Compromise is big in our lives. What we allow our children to do and to see what we allow our own selves to do and to see. And the trash that we allow in and these images that we allow in. And don't even realize it. The church. The things that the church allows. And that's where we're going to battle. And I'll pick it up right here in Luke 19. So I encourage you, hang in there with me. I will try my best to make this not quite as teachy. um, But I desire that the power of God come. And that we we be we allow ourselves to be changed. And to not have to walk around with these things. Possessing our children, possessing us. Amen. Father, I just thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you for the worship that we were able to lift up for you, Lord. I, we just thank you for um, what you're doing here. And Lord, I just ask you to help us. To help us to grab hold of your word and to press through. And Lord, to learn to take dominion and to take authority over these things that are beating us up. Lord, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Lord, these things that are trying to kill me, that are trying to attack me, that are trying to attack you. Have to submit and come under the authority of God. And they literally have no authority over us. Uh, Another one that I didn't mention is fear and dread. The spirit of fear is all over our nation, is all in our children, is all in the adults. And I thank you, Lord, that we are going to battle through this and we are going to have victory. I don't have to live with the spirit of fear. You haven't given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and sound mind. 
And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to help us. Lord, we just praise you. We just pray for those that are sick. Pray for those that are battling, that need healing of cancer, that need healing of disease, that need just total breakthrough. Lord, I just pray that the hand of God and the power of God be released over this prayer list. Lord, over this church body. Lord, you're the healer. Do what you do, Lord. Do what you do, Lord. Bring healing to this church. Bring healing to our city. Bring healing to our nation. Lord, I specifically pray for our president and his staff and the cabinet and the military. Lord, give them favor. Give them protection. Lord, protect the United States of America. Lord, help BP and this environmental mess. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. Help Barack Obama. Help our nation. Lord, I pray for this coming Sunday, and I just ask that we would come together and lift you up like we've never done it before. That we would be a church that brings glory to your name. And I ask you to give us breakthrough the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great rest of the week.